0: Hi, I'm Monica Woodhams, and this is the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast. I'm an influencer consultant and success coach, and I'm interviewing entrepreneurs, influencers, and industry experts who are making an impact and influencing the world so that we can start to live a life that we are so totally obsessed with hey y'all i am here today with elise armitage the founder of what the fab what the fab is a fashion and travel blog that seeks to find the fabulous in the everyday the site aims to inspire its readers to go a little bolder and live life a little fuller welcome elise
1: thank you thank you so much for having me
0: oh so elise i'm so excited that you are here joining us on the podcast today because you have been in the industry for six years. You also balance a full-time job and you recently went through a rebranding for your site. So I know there's so much for us to talk about here and I'm excited to dive into it.
1: Yes, definitely. Really excited to chat with you today.
0: Awesome. Okay. So i like to kick off these episodes with a little this or that. So if you're up for it, we'll start there.
1: Yes. Always up for some this or that.
0: <laughs> okay. Are you an early riser or a night owl?
1: Definitely a night owl.
0: Have you always been a night owl?
1: Yes it's just like my if I could I would change my schedule to like be working or up and doing things until 2 a.m. and then like <laughs> sleep in until 10 a.m. it's just my natural rhythm so I have to really kind of fight myself and, and motivate myself to wake up early.
0: Yeah I'm very similar to that. <laughs> <laughs> I My friends actually sent me a text today at like 7am. They're like in the group chat, they're like, we won't hear from Monica for another two hours.
1: <laughs> <laughs> at least they understand yeah. and they know that's the reality of things.
0: Exactly. Um, so tea or coffee?
1: Definitely coffee because that helps motivate <laughs> me to get out of bed. Uh, I, yeah, I look forward to my morning coffee uh, every day.
0: Yes, love it. Podcasts or books?
1: Ooh, so I always love books, but I've really been enjoying podcasts lately. Um, can I say both?
0: <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> colorful wardrobe or a neutral wardrobe?
1: I think it kind of depends on my mood. I feel like when I was younger, like when I first started my blog six years ago, I definitely would have said colorful. Uh, but as you know, my style is evolving and kind of maturing, I'm leaning more towards neutral, but I still love a fun pop of color every now and then.
0: Love it. Mimosa or bloody mary?
1: Oh, you're giving me hard ones. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um I I would say bloody mary, but you know, I love mimosas too when I'm in the mood. Yeah. No.
0: I agree. I thought this was going to be a tough one too, but almost everyone is like so adamant about which one they are. Uh, I
1: love I'm, them both, yeah, so I I'm thought I was being tricky. <laughs> I'm perfectly happy with either. Sometimes you're in the mood for both at the same time.
0: Uh, done that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last one is takeout or cooking?
1: Um, I do end up doing a lot of takeout, but when I have time, I, I do enjoy cooking.
0: Do you have a favorite go-to recipe?
1: Um, I really enjoy making lasagna Mm. because it's like, it's like a comfort food. It's easy. My husband loves it and like raves about it. So that's one of my go-to dishes.
0: Love it. Okay. So let's dive into what the fab and let's start just your journey and what inspired what the fab and what you feel like is maybe one or two of the key things that got you to where you are today with it
1: yeah absolutely. So um, what really people ask me you know all the time, how did you get started with blogging. And I was working at my first job out of grad school, and I was at a small communications agency here in San Francisco. The CEO was this amazing woman who really took me under her wing and taught me everything she knew about um, you know marketing and branding and and also just how to be a young, you know, female professional. Um, And so I learned so much from her and I was managing all of our B2B marketing and I was doing our email newsletters, our editorial calendar, blog posts, press releases, um, all that type of stuff. And I was just really enjoying it. Um, and the company sp- specifically worked on employee benefits communication. So I was like, okay, I am writing about, you know, how to get your employees engaged in their 401k. And I'm like loving, you know, <laughs> blogging and like managing that editorial calendar. Imagine if I was writing about something that, you know, I'm naturally interested in, like fashion and, and beauty. Um, and so I was like, I should start my own blog. And so that was kind of how i um began blogging and i really wanted to make sure that i wasn't focused on um you know one small niche even though sometimes you know bloggers do say that that's a good strategy Mm -hmm. i just when i started my blog i really wanted to make sure that i could kind of pivot and write about different things. And mostly I did that because I wanted to make sure that I was really engaged and interested and excited about what I was writing about. Um, And so that's kind of given me a lot of flexibility to write about, you know, fashion, beauty, food, travel, DIY, home decor, um, and really kind of have it be that all encompassing lifestyle.
0: Totally. So on that note about the niche, because you're right, a lot of people will say start small and then go big. Mm -hmm. For you, what do you feel like it's a case-by-case basis on whether or not to go that route? So if someone who's new to blogging right now is listening, how can they check in and be like, okay, is this something that I need to be really focused in? Or is it okay that I'm passionate about three different things?
1: Yeah, I think, like you said, I think it is case-by-case and it needs to be What's going to make sense for you? Like you could start a blog that's all about, um, you know, petite denim brands and have Mm -hmm. it be like really specific. But if you're not going to, because blogging is so much work Mm -hmm. as fun as it is, if you're not going to like wake up every day with like a new topic within that niche that you're excited to create content for, then it's just not going to work. Um, and I think also, you know, as you as a person grow and your lifestyle changes and your interests change, being able to move your blog along with that um, has a lot of benefits as well. So for me personally, when I started with The Fab, it was very focused on fashion and beauty and then as i you know evolved and i I got a a different job i started working at google and i travel a lot for my job um, which is awesome and it kind of like opened up that travel category for me because i started traveling more for work and for you know my own personal travels and i was able to create more travel content um, and my readers were really excited about that and engaging with that and so i think you know thinking about how you're evolving and incorporating that into your content works just as well.
0: Definitely. Were you ever nervous about um, kind of pivoting or adding new topics like travel to the blog? Or were you pretty confident that whatever it is that you felt was your experience of the moment would translate?
1: Yeah, I I was pretty confident um, because I I love traveling and I just, you know, in college I didn't have that many opportunities to travel and I remember my first time out of the country was when I was studying abroad and I just like had the travel bug from then on Um, and so then as I was able to like get more of those opportunities to travel um, I just loved it so much and at first I started you know I, I played around with different ways of sharing that content at first it was very much just kind of like a photo diary from a specific location and i would include a few recommendations or links but then i would start getting questions from readers that's like well you know where did you stay or um, like what's the best time of year to go um and asking for more specifics and so from that feedback i kind of learned that um, what i really wanted to do was create these really in-depth travel guides for my readers so now if you look at my travel posts it's like a full-on itinerary so it's where we stayed what we did every day where we ate um you know a map of all of these locations and recommendations and so that way you know that if i'm recommending you know you go to this museum and then this place for lunch afterwards that lunch spot is going to be really first of all delicious but also convenient and close to that museum because you know that's what made sense within that itinerary so then people can take it and they can, you know, get inspiration from it or they can, you know, take an entire day or I've had readers uh, email me and say, you know, I planned this trip at the very last minute. So I just copied your whole itinerary. (laughs) Uh, And so in that way, I've been able to figure out what I enjoy creating and then also what's the most useful for my readers.
0: Right. And I think that that's where you know, kind of like that magic spot is where you're having fun creating the content, of course, that is key because it is, it's your thing. But at the same time, in order to keep the community around, keep them going, it needs to be actionable in a way for yes, them. exactly. Whether that's through inspiration or through actually like, you know, having a physical itinerary that they can print off
1: exactly. from their
0: computer. Would you say that... Um, creating content for your audience was always a conscious decision from when you started.
1: Yeah, I definitely wanted to think, and I actually, when I first started, I was a little bit more heavy on the, um, the text, the written portion because I enjoy writing. Mm Um, but then, you know, as blogs evolved and imagery became so important, it's kind of shifted a bit. Um, and usually they're a little bit less text heavy, these days, but definitely when I first started, I was thinking, you know, what would be useful um, for, you know, like a a gal like me, um, Mm -hmm. looking for style advice, or um, I would kind of pick out like different trends that like I wanted to try, but people might have questions on, like how to mix and match different patterns and um, just things like that, that could hopefully be useful for someone.
0: Do you feel like that approach and, you know, again, wanting what you're providing to be useful to your audience is a huge part of how your audience grew the way that it did.
1: I think so. And I I think there's also, you know, something to be said for that element of escapism and, and inspiration as well. Um, and, you know, sometimes I have an outfit post and it doesn't necessarily have like, here's, you know, 10 ways to style a scarf. Like, it's just like, here's a great dress that I found and I'm wearing. Um, and I've, you know, gotten messages from people saying, you know, this outfit inspired me to like try a belt with this dress um, that I have that I wasn't really loving or, you know, to like wear something a little bit bolder today. And it it wasn't necessarily a post that's like how to wear a belt with a dress. Uh, but just because I happened to be styling it in that way, someone, you know, drew inspiration from that. Um, and for that, that's really, um, for me, that makes me feel really great.
0: Yeah, definitely. And even that they feel comfortable reaching out to you and letting you know that. Yeah. Instead of you being, you know, like, just this person that's so far away and not not within reach. I think that that's another thing, too, is, you know, to not be, like, the scary blogger who's, like, too cool for for the audience.
1: (laughs) Definitely. I've had, you know, people DM me or leave a comment on Instagram and, and be like, oh, I... I saw you today in San Francisco and I wanted to say hi, but I was too nervous. And I'm like, oh my gosh, that I'm like, not that cool. Like that would have made my day if you came up to me and said hi. Um, so yeah, definitely.
0: I love that. <laughs> so, okay. So when we talk about your, you know, pivoting and adding the travel piece to it, what all came you know, what was the travel piece and being more full in the type of content you provide? Was that a big part of the rebranding or where did the the idea for rebranding really come from?
1: Yeah, great, great question. I think it's a combination of what you're saying. So definitely I wanted to highlight the travel um, content more. And another reason for that was I was seeing that um, people would reach out to me and they would say, hey, I'm planning a trip to Greece and Portugal. Can you send me your travel guides for those places? And I'm like, I've actually never been to Greece or Portugal, but like I appreciate that you think I'm so well-traveled, but of course I've been there. Uh, so I realized I need a really Easy and intuitive way for people to know where I have been and like what content I do have available for those locations. And so I had this um, kind of vision. I wanted to create this interactive map. Um, and so now, if you go to the travel page on my site, there's a map of the world and there's pins for everywhere that I have created travel content. And there's also a drop down menu if you, you know, prefer to navigate that way as well. Um, but that way, you know, you can click on my pin in London and my travel guide for London will pop up, all the outfits that I shot in London will pop up, and then all of my Instagram posts from London will come up as well. So that way you're kind of able to like dig in really deep with the travel guide and all those links, get some style inspiration, and also kind of like see a quick highlights reel of like the Instagram posts yeah. from that location. I'm obsessed with that. Um, thank you. So that was a big um piece. And then the other side was just, you know, I started my my blog six years ago and I was a different person than I was like young. I was just out of grad school. And um, you know, my my wonderful husband helped to design my header and my branding and everything. Um, uh, but I just kind of felt like I had, you know, outgrown it and um I also really needed to move over from Blogger to WordPress so <laughs> you know when I first started it was like I didn't know what I was doing and Blogger was really easy yeah. you know there was like very little barrier to entry so I was like great I'll do this and then as I started trying to add things and customize things I was just running up against those limitations of the platform and so I um, really needed to move over to WordPress and then I um, you know, just kind of, I feel like I, I kind of elevated the, the brand, but also kept um, that kind of like light and fun style um, that I still feel is true to me. And yeah, so that's a, a bit of the background around the rebrand.
0: I love that. What are some maybe lessons that you learned from the rebrand? maybe something you weren't expecting?
1: Yeah, I would say um, definitely do your research and, you know, hire, um, hire help if if you're not a designer yourself by trade. Um, get recommendations and input from, you know, people that you respect in the industry, from, from your friends, from your readers. I did a reader survey as well um, to kind of hear from them what they wanted to see both on the content side, um, the website functionality, um, and so forth, and um, you know, get get input from different people and reach out to um, different designers or tech folks um, to get quotes because I definitely had an experience where you know I had reached out to one agency that I knew worked with a lot of. Um, big bloggers that I really admire and I kind of told them my vision for the site and you know especially like that travel page and everything I knew that would require a lot of coding that I'm definitely not capable of doing myself Uh, and they gave me a quote for $6,000 and then I reached out to um, a couple other individuals who were freelancer developers that came highly recommended from a couple other blogger friends of mine that have wonderful sites and, you know, whose work I really respect. Um, and they gave me much more reasonable quotes and I ended up going with, um, one of my, my friend's recommendations who gave me a quote for a thousand dollars. Um, so, you know, I, and I was so excited to start working on my site and I wanted to work with this big, Agency that I knew worked with all these other big bloggers that I really admire So I, I almost went with the six thousand dollar one just because I was so excited and like well They're the best. I have to go with them mm-hmm. um, But you know the the developer that I worked with she lives in Florida, you know The cost of living is really different. She's a freelancer, but she um, Was fabulous. I mean just did such amazing work um, so I'm really glad that you know, I did that research and ended up going with her.
0: Yeah, I think that that's really good advice is sometimes that when we are, you know, hiring out for something, it's easy to just be like, okay, this seems like the most convenient slash like reputable in a way. And like, we kind of just think, okay, I'm just going to do that. But if you do a little bit more research, it's like, there are so many people out there who are so good at what they do, who don't kind of have like this shiny, like, you know, Excite. I don't know how to explain, it, but like, like you said, like that's that's the company that's like known in the industry totally. and all that. But you found some like someone who's like just as skilled and can do just as good of a job if you just take maybe a few more days of research. Exactly. And I think that's really important to remember, especially when someone has like a budget that they really have to stick to, to not get discouraged, not feel like you can't have the website that reflects you just because of your budget it's just maybe going to take a little bit more time to research because again there's so many people out there who are really good at what they do there's some that aren't but
1: <laughs> yeah <laughs> absolutely mean, which is why they're it's so out there. yeah and which is why it's so important to like get them as referrals from you know other people that you know and trust. And even if it's, you know, there are so many blogger and influencer Facebook groups where people are so willing to help out with, you know, recommendations and referrals. So just doing a little bit of that extra legwork and and research can really pay off.
0: What was one of the most exciting things for you about the rebrand?
1: I, gosh, I, I was so excited to, you know, launch it and have it out in the world. And then I also ended up getting this opportunity to do a campaign with Peerspace um, and so for those who aren't familiar, Peerspace is basically, um, it's like Airbnb but for event venues and so I had this um, you know, campaign with them and I got to put together this whole relaunch party um, for the new blog and the new redesign and invite. All of my, you know, blogger friends in San Francisco, and um, a bunch of my favorite, um, you know, businesses and and vendors, um, and just you know through this really fun party, and it was just so awesome to see um, influencers that I was friends with, but also like bloggers and, and readers that I didn't necessarily have it, have had a chance to meet before um, come out and just like celebrate. It seriously felt like a mini wedding because it was like. <laughs> So many people and like old faces and new faces and um, just like a really fun way to celebrate and kick off the relaunch.
0: Oh, I love that. (laughs) That's so fun. That sounds so much fun. So when it comes to, you know, growing your blog, because with the rebrand, that implies that, you know, like there's just so much more on the horizon when it comes to your blog. So how do you balance blog growth with, A full-time job
1: (laughs) yeah that is definitely the number one question that I get about my blog and um, the truthful answer is it's really really hard (laughs) Uh, but I really love both I've I've just loved working at Google and um, you know, the opportunities for growth and, and development and travel and the team that I get to work with. And I also love my blog and uh, my side hustle and my business. And so I think because I enjoy both of them, it it makes it all worth it. Um, there are definitely a few kind of key things that I focus on in order to make it possible. And I actually, I received this question so much that I wrote a whole in-depth blog post about it. <laughs> so if you go to my blog and just search for how I work full-time and blog, it'll pop right up. Um, but basically, the things that I, I really try to focus on are um, kind of mental, physical, and um, just like the tools that I use. And so um, mentally I'm really um, focused on incorporating meditation into my daily routine. Um, I have you know certain like work styles that I figured out work for me, like batching and um, you know having like an hour and a half where I'm really focused on a specific task. Um, I've kind of I've experimented with different like times of day that I'll be working on different things so for example I mentioned to you I'm not a morning person but I've experimented with waking up early and working on my blog early in the morning and then going to work um, and seeing you know how that went it's not my preference and so through, through that kind of experimentation what I found is that you know I I go to my job at Google I have my workday there um, at the end of the day I go to a really intense um, workout class I do high-intensity interval training uh, so that's kind of like the, the physical part um, and that kind of like re-energizes me and then I'm able to work on my blog um, in the evening and I also am really um, conscientious about calendaring my time so knowing like if I have a campaign coming up I am working on you know certain aspects of that during certain evenings in the week and you know that does mean that like sometimes I'm not able to like go to a spontaneous happy hour with my coworkers or friends Um, but really like committing to that Um, and if it's on my calendar like I know that I'm committed to that and it, it works both ways I definitely you know carve out time for my husband and my family and my friends and you know it, it may take a few weeks to schedule brunch with me but I will be there at that brunch you know it's like I, I commit both ways Um, so that's kind of the the mental and physical side and just kind of making sure that you know I'm eating healthy I'm exercising I'm meditating and I can really like perform at my best and then um, I really try to be Efficient and like I'm always learning and and finding different efficiency tools and like different ways of working Um, And so I listen to a lot of um, you know Experts uh, in in the industry like Marie Forleo um, Has a great YouTube channel and I get a lot of great advice from her Tim Ferriss is another podcast that I listen to. Um, And so, taking what I can from their advice and suggestions and incorporating it into my work routine um, has been really helpful. And then, really, anytime there is a task that I'm doing that feels like, you know, really administrative or monotonous, I try to like Google and and find out if there is something that can automate it. And like nine times out of ten, there is. So like, Gmail canned responses like that's mm-hmm. been a lifesaver. When, yes. Yeah. When like people reach out and have like a very you know um, similar question about like like what are your rates for an Instagram post or you know something like that. Um, you know you can pop in that canned response. You can tweak it a little bit so that it's customized um, for that situation. But that saves a lot of time Um, using tools like Calendly for scheduling meetings so that you're not, you're, you know, eliminating that back and forth of like, are you available at this time? What about this time? Which is the worst. (laughs) The worst. Like, how many hours of my life have I lost from not doing that before I knew about Calendly? I don't even want to know. But yeah, anytime there's a, a situation like that, I'm always looking for new tools and, you know, things that can help with that efficiency because it really, I mean, you know, there's that quote that's like Beyonce also only has 24 hours in a day, so like, what are you doing? So I'm really, I'm always just trying to to maximize. Um, it definitely, um, you know, sometimes the it can be hard to have balance, and it I've been working full time and blogging for six years now. It's kind of gotten to a point where if I'm just like relaxing or or watching a TV show, which doesn't usually happen, I'm usually multitasking and like blogging and watching TV. Um, If I am just kind of having that downtime, I sort of get this like wave of um, not quite panic, but like this this feeling that's like, I'm not being productive, I need to be productive. Um, And so I'm trying to be better about balancing that. And, you know, your, your mind and your body needs, you know, that downtime to kind of, Decompress and and you know, just relax because you can't be performing at, you know, max speed all the time forever, or you'll burn out. So, um trying to balance that as well.
0: I I relate to that a lot. I <laughs> I am one of those people who like I just love working. Like yeah. I love working on things. I love learning things, and so to me that's fun. Yes. And but it's still like even though it's fun, it's like I still have to I, my better days are the days where I've s- slowed down at least for a little bit.
1: Yeah, it's definitely... Uh, I, I was just on vacation um, with my husband and, you know, we're lying on the beach and the book that I'm reading is The $100 Startup. And my husband's like, can you just read a book that's just for fun? Like, just what? <laughs> like, this is fun.
0: Yeah. <laughs> exactly. So it also sounds like having a full-time job and a successful blog, you know, is kind of like personal development in a way where you've had to really learn about yourself. Absolutely. And, And I think that's really cool because, you know, most people will just go through the motions of their day without checking in like, oh, am I doing things in a way that feels good? Or am I doing things in a way that I'm not wasting my time or even someone else's time. So I think that's really cool. And like a really cool takeaway from balancing both.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. I've never really thought about it like that. But as soon as you said it, I definitely agree with that.
0: Yeah. And I also think that this is that permission slip for people that like you can do both. i run into a lot of people who say I want to start a blog or I have a blog and I want to grow it but I have my full-time job and I love my full-time job and I feel like I have the pressure to choose one over the other and I think you really show you don't have to choose one or the other like yes Like you have to restructure your life a bit But if you really do love both you restructure and you make it happen
1: Yeah, you make it happen and there are a lot of perks to you know, keeping your full-time job and blogging um, Because you know you there are so many things that I, I probably would have done differently if I had you know the blog as my sole income because you're, you are a little bit more restricted and like, you know, trying new content or new strategies for growth. Um, because you're, you know, if your blog was your only income, you'd also be thinking about like, well, how is this going to affect my bottom line and my, my livelihood? Um, so being able to experiment with things and, um, you know, take advantage of that kind of opportunity can definitely be a perk.
0: Totally. And there are jobs out there that I like, that you can love. I think I got burnt out of my corporate job. And instead of just quitting and going into um, my blog full time, I was like, you know what, I'm going to try out some startups and see which one of those feel like a good fit. And, you know, I I ended up staying years longer than I thought I would just because I also enjoyed that work too. It was just a matter of finding what that fit is. And I mean, I'm the type of person who I do like to have I like I'm not gonna just like quit my job and like trust that all the money's the money's gonna come in (laughs) I think I like to have the buffer so for me that's what felt good personally but so I'm a big proponent like even if you're in a job you hate like you know put the feelers out there like there's probably a job that's gonna feel really good that also allows you to like then have that positive energy to take your blog to the next level as well.
1: Yeah. And think about like what your ultimate goals are. Like, do you want to have a blog and have that be your business eventually? And that's like your ultimate goal. Um, but you know, you could be looking for kind of like that, you know, bridge job or, you know, a a job that can give you more, um, skills and tools and, and experiences that can all lend themselves to how you grow and manage your blog and your business. Because um, I think there's a lot of value in that, too.
0: Absolutely. And just how I'm sure every day you learn things at Google that you can apply to how you run or structure your blog and vice versa.
1: hmm Yep.
0: So when it comes to back to the blog and talking about what the fab one of the questions that you get a lot I know is about sponsored campaigns and partnerships and how to actually be you know like a standout blogger for a brand because I think you know right now people are used to the idea that okay there's sponsored blog posts and all that but there's a difference between a blogger who kind of just phones it in (laughs) and does the bare minimum, and then the blogger who that brand wants a long-term partnership with.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, first of all, it's evaluating, like, does that partnership make sense? And for me, it's like a very quick, just kind of like gut, you know, feeling like, am I excited to work with this brand? Does it fit into my lifestyle? Do I already, you know, own some of their pieces or products or, or whatever it is? And then making sure that the campaign guidelines are flexible enough that you as the blogger and the influencer can really tell that story within your own brand and lifestyle. Um, I've definitely run up against uh, situations where there's like a very strict brand guideline and you know they have like certain phrases they want you to say or sentences they want you to use. And I'm like, I would never talk like that. <laughs> like I just I can't do that. It would sound so odd. Um, so having that flexibility, I think, is really important in order to be able to create that story in a way that makes sense for you and for your readers. And then as far as, you know, that kind of brand love and making sure that they just like love the content that you create and going above and beyond, um, I think really understanding the expectations up front. Sometimes I'll even create just like a quick mood board for a brand and kind of be like, here's what I'm thinking. Um, and it can be as simple as, you know, There, a brand recently reached out to me about wanting to create a travel video um, from like a recent trip. And they were kind of like, does this, uh, is this something you could do? What would that look like? And I just kind of strung together a few, um, different like images and videos um, on my, I use Google Photos um, and just kind of like put together a few pieces um, to be like, here's kind of like a mood board of what that could look like. Here's some examples of previous travel videos that I've created. Um, So that way they can kind of like visualize what the end, you know, content and story would look like. And I think that's really helpful. Being responsive. I know um, it sounds really simple, but I I definitely know that a lot of um, brands and, you know, kind of the brand blogger agencies get really frustrated with people just not being responsive. Um, And when they, you know, are working under tight deadlines and demanding clients, it can be really frustrating to not hear back from um, an influencer for days on end. So I, I try to keep really on top of my inbox. Um, and just, you know, even if there are some kind of like emails that start to get a little, um, you know, nitpicky, just trying to like keep a positive attitude and and make sure that they are getting what they need. Um, and then following up, I think a lot of um, bloggers forget that piece as well, like the content's live and they're just kind of like, okay, I'm done. Um, so I always like to make sure that I follow up with like all of the links that have gone live. Um, you know, maybe screenshots if, like, someone DM'd me based on um, a post that I did for the brand and, like, were asking questions or super excited about it, um, you know, that's not something that you can see um, externally Mm -hmm. on my profile. So just kind of, like, adding that in for a little bit more color and detail of, like, you know, how this campaign has been a success. Um, So that's kind of how I close the loop there.
0: I love that. And I think that's really important, to be able to provide those things to the brands because, you know, the the person who you're speaking to, they they understand influencer marketing, obviously, because that's their job to talk to influencers right. all day. But then there's someone above them and then someone above them who's, like, maybe still unsure how it works. <laughs> yeah. So the more information that, like, they can even provide to their higher-ups, that just, you know that just keeps the confidence going all around, I think.
1: Yeah, definitely. And then another thing that I do, and this is kind of like a little secret of mine, but I'll just share it. (laughs) Um, If I'm working on like a really big campaign and I, you know, felt like the account manager just like, you know, maybe they really helped kind of like negotiate a great rate for me or something. Um, I have a, you know, as a, a blogger, I receive so many, especially beauty products, but I get a lot of products sent to me and, um, what I will do is I'll like pick out you know all of the the shades that like I think will look good on me, and then there are always some that probably wouldn't fit my skin tone or um, isn't my style or whatever, uh, but somebody else might really enjoy. And so I have a little kind of box of goodies that I keep in my office, and I will send some to the account manager um, or you know whoever it is with the brand that I'm I had been working with on the campaign, and just send like a thank you note um and ask them to, you know, enjoy the goodies and like share it with whoever else at the office might enjoy them. Um so just kind of like a nice follow up and then you know hopefully if there's a campaign in the future that I could be a fit for, hopefully they'll think of me.
0: Oh, I love that. <laughs> well, thank you for sharing your little secret.
1: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so okay, so you we talked about what the fab. We talked about balancing Full time job and growing a blog. So the last piece to this is you also do content creation, digital marketing, and influencer <laughs> events for brands. So where does that fit into the mix?
1: <laughs> yes. Um, so it actually has kind of um, evolved because of my my blog. And um, you know I've worked with brands in the past where they're kind of like, okay, you know this this post that you did for us was Great, we love the photography. Like, can you help us with XYZ? And so I've sort of developed this, you know, side hustle on my side hustle <laughs> that um, has involved content creation. And so that will be usually um, a photo shoot for some, you know, some kind of product. Um, Or brand and so my husband is he's he's a photographer, and he's like a full-blown Professional now, but he really started um, his photography when I started my blog Um, And it's just kind of his photography has evolved and he gets hired to you know shoot events around San Francisco and in different brands Um, and so we will put together Um, a photo shoot for a brand and I'll I'll usually do the styling and um, you know source all of the props and um, find the location and all of that kind of like behind-the-scenes work to like set up the shot and then he is the photographer and so those photos are then used by the brand for you know their website um, for their print catalogs for their email newsletters and of course um, on social and Instagram as well Um, And then in some cases, they'll also hire me to like create their blog posts with that, with those images and like come up with, you know, different engaging topics that, um, you know, I can write about and incorporate into a blog post for them. So that's the content creation piece. Um, I've also done you know, the digital marketing side and helping kind of like create that digital brand for a new brand or or a brand that's looking to kind of relaunch and redo their website and find their voice um, on, you know, both their website and social and across all those platforms. And then the last piece um, is the influencer <laughs> events. And so because I do events for Google and I have this, you know, marketing and branding expertise, and I just love events, um, it's kind of started to evolve into uh, planning and hosting influencer events for local brands. And so being in San Francisco, you know, there's a lot of apps and startups, and they're all kind of looking to Um, expand their their reach and get the word out about their new app or whatever it is that they're launching and so i will come and help you know put together all of the planning and logistics where is it going to be you know tapping my my network of influencers and journalists, and inviting them to the event, um, managing all of the planning for like you know the fun pieces, like the photo booth and the food vendors and drinks, and you know what that's going to look like, and then the follow-up ROI, and just like making sure that um, the influencers you know have all the information they need to post and like really help to generate that buzz.
0: Oh, that's so fun!
1: <laughs> yeah, it's Bad. a good time.
0: You wear many hats.
1: <laughs> <laughs> many, many.
0: <laughs> it keeps things interesting though. For sure. It definitely sure. does. It keeps things fun and interesting and always just in a state of, you know, doing things and experiencing life. I love I feel very similar to you in the sense of that like I I just love doing things and experiencing life that way. Yeah. And so. then you're
1: always learning, which mm-hmm. is like, for me, it's, it's just like the most fun when I'm always learning new things and working with different people and, you know, working with like a startup is super different than, you know, working with like a, an established brand because right. um, it's just a, a different kind of hustle. But it's exciting.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so my very last question is, what is your favorite lifestyle hack?
1: Oh, my favorite lifestyle hack. Um, I Okay, can it be an app? Yeah. Okay. So there's this app called Service. And if you travel a lot, you have to download it. It's so great. And basically, it connects with your email. And so it gets all of your itineraries for your flights and hotels. Um, via the confirmation emails that come through and then anytime there is a delay I think it has to be like at least four or five minutes or an hour delay but anytime there's a delay for your flight they automatically will um, contact the airline and negotiate a credit for you what? Yes. <laughs> it's amazing. I've um already had them, you know, on like several different flights of mine that were delayed and they're like, hey, here's a hundred dollar credit to Alaska. Um, and it's great. And they charge I think it's a fifteen percent fee. Um, but for me it's so yeah, worth fine. it because yeah. yeah, I I just I would never you know, calling an airline and sitting oh. there on hold and like hoping they're gonna answer you and give you a credit is just like not something that I would ever do so (laughs) um, having them like automatically do that and they also will do it for like if you book a hotel room and then um, right before you know you're going to check in let's say that same room drops in price they'll um, get you credit back for that Um, so it's pretty awesome and it's all just like they do it all behind the scenes you don't have to do anything so that is one of my favorite life hacks.
0: That is incredible, and I'm <laughs> downloading it ASAP. Yes, that's amazing. <laughs> All right. Well, where can everyone find you, Elise? Yes,
1: yeah, so you can find me on my blog, What the Fab, and the URL is w-t-fab.com. And you can also find me on Instagram, and I'm at wtfab.
0: Amazing. Thank you so much, Elise, for joining today.
1: Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun.
0: Yes. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Influencer Girl Lifestyle Podcast. Loved this episode? Head over to iTunes to subscribe, rate, and review. For show notes and free tips and trainings, head over to monicawoodhams.com slash podcast. You'll be able to learn more about this week's guest and how to connect with her as well. Talk soon, y'all.